Welcome to the 1% Club. If you guys want access to all my MMA plays and tell exactly what I'm doing, make sure you join the Discord by clicking the link in the description below. What's up, guys? JK back with the 1% Club podcast. Let's do a little recap. Yeah, so let's talk about some of the stuff. First off, the Discord crush it again. Uh, man, we're just on fire right now. We can't miss. I think we did a total of just shy of six units last, uh, last week. Cleaned, uh, we cleaned house on LFA, didn't miss a single play. Clean house on BKFC, didn't miss a single play. Clean house on boxing, didn't miss a single play. We had, I think, like, I don't know, 18 plays with UFC, maybe a few less, and, uh, in profit on UFC as well. Obviously, it's hard to clean house when you have that many plays in, but we had a couple. We had, like, a plus 950 in there that lost. Uh, you know, some, some plus monies that won some plus monies that lost that be, be like that sometimes, but another week in the profit, uh, we're crushing it right now. Can't ask for much more. And not to mention, listen, not to mention the, uh, just take the betting aside. I, I, and you don't know until you're in there, right? But the culture in there is just the culture in the community in there is just so damn cool, man. It's so awesome to be a part of. And, uh, like I said, I, I, I posted this last night on my Instagram story. You join to make the money on betting, but you stay, obviously, to keep making money on betting. But the culture, the community, the help, the little details. Like, we had a, we had a, a member close on his first uh, rental property this week, first investment property this week because of our group, you know, the information that our group gave him. That kind of stuff fills me up, you know what I mean? I get very fulfilled from that, and uh, we're helping people do some really cool stuff. And I really, really enjoy being a... Uh, a part of that group, the community in there is nuts. And they, you know, obviously they always support all of our guys too. So that's even, even, uh, more cool. So anyway, long story short, we're crushing it. Let's dive into this card. Uh, a couple, a couple fights on the, on the undercard that I want to uh, talk about. Tatsuru Tyre versus CJ Vergara. We had Tatsu and we had, uh, Tatsu by, uh, submission. That hit, that kid is a really, really good, uh, prospect. I think he's like 22 years old. Am I wrong there? No, he's a kid. Yeah, he's 22. Yeah, he's a kid, and the kid's got a ton of talent, 12-0. and 0. I'm I am excited to see this guy. His grappling is is pretty phenomenal. Join us to Brito. He's a problem, man. The dude's a problem. He's a good grappler, a uh, good striker. He's got power. Uh, he's a problem. We had, a, we had a play on him as well. He's a problem. Uh, Malkoon versus Maximov. Uh, Jacob Malkoon versus Nick Maximov. Listen, I'm a huge Nick Maximov fan. I really appreciate uh, his body of work, and I think it's important to note that his knee, I don't know what happened to his knee or leg or whatever. I was warming up uh, Mana while that was happening, but obviously something was wrong, and for him to be able to push through that, he's a tough, durable guy. For him to be able to push through that for 15 minutes, uh, you know, that's that that learn, that earns my respect at least. Not that he needs it, but I thought that was uh I thought that was pretty admirable of him. Across from him, Jacob Malkoon, I think is extremely underrated, guys. He runs a we 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 call it a system on the on the fence. We call it the Malkoon, right? He runs this Malkoon uh system on the fence where he does a run the pipe single. Uh if, if and he steps his leg in. If he doesn't get the run the pipe, he goes to the back, leans you down. He's just he has got this uh He's got this system on the wall that he works really well, and he is a really good, uh, really good grappler. He's a problem. He's a big problem, and uh, I don't think there's going to be too many people that outgrapple him in that division. You know what I mean? He's a, he's a really tough grappler. He's got good cardio. Seems to be pretty durable. He's going to have some uh, problems with the the fast twitchy guys with power, but if you keep him away from those guys, he's going to be a big big problem. 
he didn't seem to have any interest in chasing down that leg. Uh, which, which I thought was strange. You're right. He really didn't attack it much. And uh, even if it was the backside, because it was the backside leg, you still attack the lead leg, right? Like, because if you attack the lead leg, it puts uh, instability and weight on that back leg that was obviously injured of his. So, yeah, I didn't quite, uh, I didn't quite understand that. But listen, he was dominating. You know, he was dominating because of the injury anyway. So it doesn't really, it doesn't really matter. You know, he got a, he got a, a 30-27 win across the board. I believe looked great doing it, and uh, he's on a nice little streak right now. So. Next fight, my man Mana Martinez taking on tough Brandon Davis. Uh, I had to get a little nasty with Mana. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes, sir. You're doing f***ing around too much. This is your fight to win. Yes, sir. You've heard him like three times now, and you're f***ing around. Don't you f***ing walk out of here tonight and let us go win this fight. This is your goddamn fight to win. You understand me? Yes, sir. You know, it happens. It be like that sometimes, you know? Uh, listen, Mana's, he's a little bit, he's a younger guy. And I feel like we were just kind of giving the fight away. You know, Mono would hurt him and and uh, he would do some good things. And then he would kind of just let Davis back into the fight, let Davis back into the fight. And I told him this after the fight. I said, man, I don't mind losing with you. Like if we lost the fight, if we got bested, I'm OK with that. But I'm not OK with giving a fight away. Like I'm not OK with you just not. It's you know, it's not like you got beat. It's you just let him win. You know what I mean? Without without any. uh you can't let these guys back into the fight, man. When you start to pull away, you hurt them. You got to take that and you got to pull away because at this level, man, these guys are so good and they're and they're so skilled. If you give them an inch, they will take a mile. And and I just I wasn't happy about that. You know, I thought Mono was messing around a little too much, talking a little too much. And uh, I always like my guys to find uh, find some some rhythm, some swag about them. But it was a little too much. He's got too much swag. Too much swag. Brandon got saved by the bell at the end of the second. How frustrating is that when, you know, you're right on the door of a finish and... Yeah, I mean, listen, it's just, you know, I've been on the other end of that sometimes too. So, uh, it's just, uh, that's how it works. You know, there's there's rounds for a reason. We should have thrown that... Uh, we should have thrown that three seconds earlier, and I think we would have had a finish there. Herb even said, you know, one or two more shots, and I would have called that. I saw, I saw him in the back, and I said, Herb, you should have stopped that fight. You know, I was kind of joking with him, and he he laughed at me. Like, it was actually, it was, if I can remove myself emotionally from the situation, it was actually a really good call on Herb Dean's part not to stop that fight. One or two more shots would have done it, but Davis was still moving. He was still defending himself to a degree. You know, he was still moving. So, uh yeah, I think one or two more would have got the job done, though. If we had another three seconds, I think we'd have got him out of there. But it is what it is. You know, that's fighting. Like I said, I've been on the other end of those, two, And that the the bell saved us. And, you know, it, it all averages out, I think. How long does it take you to figure out which fighters you can kind of speak to like that in the corner and then the ones that you kind of need to cajole along? Or how do you how do you work that out? Well, you know, we've talked about the personality test on the show. That's a part of it. But I think you can just tell by somebody's demeanor, too, and how you, you know, how you can uh how you can coach them right like you can you can get after some people and you and some people are very passive and some people are uh i think just the personality even if you don't take the personality test the Meyer Briggs personality test that we always talk about on the show even if you don't take that i think you just know how to talk you know there's some friends that you can get after and there's some friends that you know like you have to be a little bit you could hurt their feelings and like you don't want to yell at those guys you know Mana's a guy that he can take it and uh you know, he responded well. And I, dude, listen, man, I'm so sick of, uh, you know, the UFC posted it. I'm so sick of these dorks online. Like, oh, you know, it did more harm than good. Dude, shut up. Shut up. Dude, you have, like, 
I'm in the trenches with these guys every day, man. Like every day. And like I got some guy with Cheeto stains on his fingers trying to tell me how to coach my athlete from a keyboard. Like, come on, bro. Anyway, it's just annoying because these guys get online and they think that they know how to do it better than everybody else, you know, but they, they sit at home and they have nothing to do with the industry that I'm in that I've dedicated my life to. And it's just comical to me that some of these guys that, uh, you know, they have a profile picture of their dog on Twitter telling me how to coach my athlete. Anyway, there's my rant for the day. Victor Henry, Rafael sent out. Man, I had a weird feeling about that fight. I really did. You know, anytime you have a guy... Like Victor Henry, he had one fight in. You know, we haven't we haven't we haven't been told the whole story on him. In a sense, I was a vet, man. He's one of those guys that if he if he keys on something, he's gonna keep after it. And uh, I think we all thought Victor Henry was gonna win, but I just didn't. You know, I didn't like it. I didn't. I didn't like the. I didn't like the play a lot. And uh, we just didn't have enough information on him. You know, we didn't have enough info on him. Do you think that Victor Henry performance against Barcelos was his? you know, performance of a lifetime type thing or what way do you kind of see that? I don't ever, listen, I don't ever, uh, I don't ever think that it's like, of course some people can have just great performances, right? But like, I think what we're looking at is, is we're talking about unlocking potential, right? Like, I think Barcelos had an off night. Victor Henry had a had a great fight. And dude, one of the things you have to consider is styles make fights, man. Styles make fights. And it's just like a, like if you go in the, in the NFL, right? And like the Chiefs, I'm from Kansas City. The Chiefs are a great example. I, like a, last year or a year ago, they were just throwing on everybody, right? And they, they, they were doing everything. And then when you get into those high-level games where these guys have time to break down film and they see what you're doing, they see what plays you're running, it gets a little bit more difficult when somebody across from you is really taking the time to look at the the deficiencies in your game, to look at the intricacies in your game, what you do well, what you don't do well, like where there is positions to exploit. And when you get somebody across, you know, in a sense, I'll credit to his coaches, Eric Nixick and uh, Dennis Davis, Extreme Couture, big credit to those guys because they game playing the shit out of this guy. And, you know, that's, that's just what you, when you get a guy that obsesses over winning across from you, they're going to find ways to beat you, you know? And it's just, uh, that's what you get at this level. That's what you get at this level. And, and, and the, the volume and the toughness just doesn't cut it anymore. Like it's, it's not, I mean, it will win you fights for sure. You know, it's like, uh, where they say a good, a good right hand will take you around the block, but a good jab will take you around the world. You know what I mean? It's kind of like that. Like you got to have it all to be the best here. Cause these, these elite level guys, somebody like a sense who's been in there with the elites of the division, fought the elites of the division, won against some of them, lost against some of them. These guys are going to look for every little detail they possibly can. You know, you mix them with a with a good gym, hard training, good game planning. They'll get it done, man. They'll get it done. You can't just go into every fight blind. And I don't know, you know, I'm not talking a mess on Victor Henry. I don't know what his plan was going into that fight. But, uh, yeah, it, it's it, these guys at the elite level will find ways to win. Dusko Tavorik versus Jordan Wright. We had the over one and a half on that one, didn't we? Let's go. We we were we were sweating a little bit, but uh, you know we had that we had the over in that one, so uh, yeah, it hit for us. It, we, actually, we had the fight to go the distance too, which I felt pretty good because I felt like this would be a grappling heavy fight, which I said in the Discord and it was. But I think in the second round, Dusko was like, "Nah, man, we're you know it's it's uh I'm I'm gonna get rich or die trying right here." <laughs> he came out swinging, man. He came out swinging, so. Uh, props to him to to finish the fight man pedro 
Jonathan Martinez. I, I, I call him Pedro all week, you know, because he's my teammate. And at the gym, nobody calls him Jonathan. They all call him Pedro because he looks like Pedro from Napoleon Dynamite. So I was like, oh, Pedro. They're like, who's Pedro? <laughs> like, Jonathan, Jonathan, Jonathan. I don't, I've never called him Jonathan ever. Uh, but he looked great, man. T- uh, took on Vet, Cub Swanson. I just, man, I just, I don't like that dropping in weight, especially after hearing the reasoning. I, I don't like to criticize these guys because, especially a guy like Cub, man. He's so smart. He's been around the game forever. I just, I don't know what the reasoning was behind the drop. He said he needed to suffer more. I just don't know if I agree with that, man. I don't, I don't like that. I just, I just, I don't like that. I felt like he was looking great at 45. And I think the 35 cut had a lot to do with this. I really do. You get somebody young in his prime, only getting better every fight. And Jonathan Martinez taking on a guy, Swanson, like, dude, I love Cub. I love Cub, man. He's great. But father time is undefeated, right? Like, his, he's getting older, and then he drops weight against a guy that is on the up and up. I just it didn't make sense to me personally. And I, I want, once again, I don't want to criticize Cub because I'm a huge fan of his. I like him a lot. Just those things didn't really make sense to me. And I, I don't really. I think he needs to go back to 45, get some novelty fights. You know, like why? I I don't know. You know, I don't know. I don't know. I just I don't I don't agree with it. That's all. And you know who the who the fuck am I to tell Cub Swanson what to do? But. I just, uh, I really, I enjoy watching him fight. And I think there's a lot of fun fights to make for him still. I just don't like the cut as you get older. Like I'm trying to think of, I'm trying to think of somebody that has had success as they've gotten older to dropping weight, not named Jose Aldo. I'm sure there's some other ones, but nine times out of 10, that's not going to be a good thing. Jonathan just looks great. He's flawless. That's two flawless performances he's put together. And I just yeah. think, you know, there's something really big on the horizon for him. I agree a hundred percent. And you know, what's crazy is that dude doesn't speak. Like <laughs> he doesn't, he doesn't talk. And, and this week when I saw him, he actually was like a little bit more, uh, a little bit more vocal. You know, he was a little bit more vocal about, uh, about his fight. And, you know, I told, I told, uh, Mark Montoya, which is his coach and my coach. I told Mark, I said, man, I like, uh, I like talking Pedro, man. Talking Pedro has got some power. So, I feel like he's just getting some, you know, he's only gaining confidence and that all transfers, man. Like he's, he looked great. I think he's ready for a, uh, for a top 15 opponent. Uh, and, and I think he's going to do really well. I, I really do think he's going to do really well in, uh, in the, in, against the top, you know, I, I think he is, he's great at controlling range. He's got a, a beautiful knee. He's got some power. Um, obviously a good kicker. Everybody out of that camp is a good kicker, by the way. Like, I don't know. It's not just Jonathan Martinez. Look at, uh, they call him Katikas, Chris, uh, Chris Gutierrez. Great, great kicker. Everybody out of there. Yusuf Zalal. They're all good kickers out of there, man. They're all really good kickers. That camp is notorious for kicking. So I'm really excited to see uh, Jonathan Martinez and what's on the horizon for him. Lastly, Alexa Grasso versus uh, Viviani Arujo. Great fight. Uh, dude, it, was, it, it really was about what I thought it was going to be. It was, a, it was a very close fight. And uh, Arujo, listen, even though Arujo lost, I think she showed a lot of value. And I think she looked really good in losing, and I don't think her value dropped at all, if that makes any sense at all. Obviously, Alexa Grasso has the name. She's doing great things. She's only going to get on to bigger and better fights. I think this was a, a, a win-win for both gals. And a uh, you know a pretty, pretty uh, I don't want to say unexciting main event, but it, it was, it was uh, these girls were going back and forth. You know, there was times where I felt like they could do a little bit more, and then there was times they were getting after it. So I, I, I'm a fan of both these ladies, and I think it's only going to be on the up and up for both of them. So great, uh, great event overall. And we talked about these these sleeper cards. You know, sometimes these cards are they don't look like much, and then they turn out to be good cards. I think this was one of those cards. I was actually happy with it. I thought there were some really good fights on there, some good finishes, 
And uh, yeah, but now that this is over, we can get to what's we can get to what's important. I know what everybody's looking forward to. UFC 280. I know we're gonna have some big plays in the Discord on this. And uh, man, on the main event, we're gonna get into this. We're gonna break down uh, the main the main card and maybe even the whole the entire card. But we're gonna have some big plays on this. I think every single card on the main card could probably headline a UFC fight night, or maybe even some of them on pay per view. So. Really excited for this. I think that's what we're all waiting for. USC 280. Make sure you guys join the Discord. We're crushing it right now. We're going to have some big plays in there. Like I said, clean sweep BKFC, clean sweep LFA, clean sweep boxing. And we did profit in the UFC. Only good things going on right now in there. If you guys aren't in there, link in the description. See you guys for UFC 280.